Do you ever ask, why did God do this to me? Or why did God allow this to happen to me? Does that mean that everything that is bad that's happening is a direct result of maybe something we've done? Or is God at fault? And that's coming at you this morning. Welcome to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. Thanks for tuning in here this morning. That is a frequent question that I find um, talking with people, whether it be out on the street, one-on-one. Oftentimes, people ask something to the effect of, why did God do this to me? As if every awful thing that's ever happened is God's fault. But we often, if we are to be honest, find that we have a huge part to play in where we are today. In other words, the choices that I've made in the past have brought me to where I am now. So is it fair to ask, why did God do this to me? Or would it be more accurate to say, what did I do that caused this? Now, once again, that doesn't mean that every awful thing that happens in life is a direct result of some fault of your own. There are times where that is not the case. But often when I've heard people ask that question, why did God do this to me? If there is even a God, why did he do this? Oftentimes what they are failing to recognize is that they have chosen some way, somewhere along the way to turn their back on God, to do the things that are wicked, and they are simply reaping the consequences of their bad choices. So that is uh, more of what we are looking into here this morning. And we are going to be looking into Psalm one. starting at verse 10, reading from verse 10 to 16, though I would encourage you to read all of Psalm 107 because this kind of a theme goes over and over again about the goodness of God, even towards those that have not walked closely with him. So Psalm 107, uh, verse 10, it says, some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in afflictions and in irons, For they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. So just starting right back from the beginning here again. Some people sat in darkness and in the shadow of death. That was, of course, in the time that the psalmist wrote this, but this is still the same in our present day. Some people sit and grope in the darkness. The darkness meaning wickedness, lostness. Some people sit in darkness. It's not that they were just passing through. It's like they got comfortable and then they just sat down in the midst of that darkness and just kind of succumbed to it and said, well, this is how it is. This is life. This is how things are going to be and stopped fighting. They're sitting right in the darkness and some of them in the shadow of death. And it's literally like things are so bad, such hopelessness, such despair. It's not that that person has crossed over into death yet, but they're so close that they feel the shadow even of death cast on them. I found many people like that speaking and you may be one of them, dear listener, where people have, their lives are so bad that it's almost as if they could taste death so near. The shadow of death looms over them and dashes all of their hopes, all of their ambitions. Everything is dashed and they have nothing left. Many people are in that condition in these days. 
Many people are trying to take care of their problems with drugs, with alcohol, with psychiatry, with psychology, with affirmations, with yoga, with, I mean, you, you name it. People are looking all over the place to fix this condition, a condition of darkness and in the shadow of death. The problem is that most of the time, the answer is being blamed on someone or something else. Some people are sitting in darkness and the shadow of death is upon them. They feel it. They feel it near. Some people are prisoners in afflictions and prisoners in irons. Now, I already said that sometimes afflictions and things come to us and it's not necessarily our fault. And if, if people were prisoners with handcuffs on and they're in jail or something, it is possible that some people are wrongfully accused and they're in a, a jail sentence that they didn't do anything. I, I've looked at stories that people have been in there for decades and then come to find out uh, they've been in there for no good reason because the evidence was not right or it wasn't conclusive and they found that out. But there are many and many more people where the case is that they've done something that got them there. Now, I say prisoners in affliction. Sometimes, I, I mean, the psalmist says this, but prisoners in affliction. Sometimes what happens is people have untoward circumstances in their life, afflictions that come on. That could be sicknesses. Um, and I'm not saying that all sicknesses are, ca are caused by our problems or what we've done. Uh, although a lot of times, if we do not follow the laws of health, you know, and we're eating just trashy food all the time, we often are just reaping the consequences of our choices. It's the same with if somebody choo chooses to party their youth away and then later they wonder why they have liver problems and they've got all sorts of other problems. It's because they spent the strength of their youth uh, wasting it away with their own choices. And so now they're prisoners in affliction. And sometimes when we are prisoners in affliction, it just makes everything seem like that darkness and that shadow of death. And perhaps even we've done something terrible and we got into prison and we think, oh no, now we're here. And, you know, there's a lot of times where people end up being in prison and they didn't even mean to be there in the first place. They didn't mean to do the awful thing. And my pastor once was visiting somebody. Uh, this is my pastor from where I, I, I was originally saved. Um, and I still call him my pastor. But he he was visiting somebody in a jail. And there was another man there that said, hey, I'd like to talk with you. So he talks with jail guards and says, hey, this other man like to talk with me. Can I go over and speak with him? Yes. So he goes over and speaks to the man and and come to find out this man murdered his wife. And he apparently had tears coming down his cheeks. And he said, I never intended to do this. We had arguments before. We would yell at each other before. But he said, I just got so angry that I ended up killing her. And I don't know if it was like he ended up choking her or he was punched her or something. I don't know. He did something that his rage got to such a pitch that then he ended up murdering her. And now he's in prison for murder and just endless regrets thinking, how in the world did I get here? It's because of our choices. That's how we get to where we are. And so there are people that sit in that darkness and in the shadow of death. There are people that are prisoners in afflictions and sicknesses and things. And in irons, they may have even been, been arrested for all this. And why? Why is that the case? Verse 11 says, they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. You may be saying, yeah, how can I do that when I don't know God? when I don't know his words or his rules? Like, how, how am I supposed to know all these kind of things? Well, it is very true that some people know more about perhaps how God has revealed himself in the Bible than others. But the Bible says that every man has been lighted up by Jesus Christ, meaning that uh, he, Jesus lights every man that comes into the world, the Bible says, that cometh into the world. 
that literally is talking about everyone giving given a conscience, the light of conscience inside of our being, knowing what is right and what is wrong. The problem is that we can sin against our conscience. The Bible speaks about um, there are those that, that say Gentiles, uh, as opposed to the Jews that would have had God's revelation inside of Scripture, they were either accused or excused by their conscience, meaning that if they did something wrong and their conscience accuses them, they will be judged because of the light that they had and what they did with it. However, if their conscience says, do not do this, and they refrain from doing it, they're excused by their conscience, and they are judged favorably because they obeyed the light of their conscience. Now, is that salvation? Not necessarily. However, what is going on is that, that nobody has an excuse. Every one of us has different tiers of responsibility based on our knowledge, according to the scripture. However, we can rebel against God not knowing the scripture, simply by going against our conscience. And he said the reason that people, and I would say even the majority of people, and I'm, I'm saying, again, not everybody, the reason people are in darkness and in the shadow of death, they're prisoners in afflictions and in irons at large, according to this psalm, is because of the rebellion against what they know is right and true. And they wanted to go their own way. They spurn the counsel of the Most High. Don't want to listen to him. Don't care what he says. Want to do my own thing. So what did God do? Verse 12, it says, he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. In other words, things got progressively worse in their lives. Circumstances around them, circumstances in their family, their finances, their relationships, their health. It's like God allowed the squeeze to be put on them. And you may say, well, what kind of love is that? We're going to get to that in a minute. But think about it like a parent. If a parent speaks to their child and tells their child, I do not want you to do whatever it was. I don't want you to do this. And the child ignores and starts doing it anyways. Parents often take much more severe means in trying to get the child's attention, where first it was just a simple statement. After that, you may raise the tone of your voice. After that, it may be if you don't do something and then you tell them there's going to be a consequence. And then if that doesn't happen, then the consequences come through. And it's just a progressive stage of things getting worse and worse for the person who's doing the wrong, for the child that's doing the wrong. Now think about the situation with God. When God has given you a conscience and your conscience is being faithful to you, or you know God's word, you know truth, you know right and wrong, and yet you're spurning his counsel because of God's love, he doesn't just easily allow people to turn and go their own way. Instead, he bows the heart down with hard labor. And we fall under the load of it. And there's nobody that can help us out from under that. Why? Because the only help God wants us to seek is help from him. If people could help us out of this, then we could continue to ignore him. But God doesn't want us to ignore him because he knows that we are on the way to destruction and wants to help us, wants to protect us, wants to save us, even from our own choices. He can't go against our will, but he uses these means. So he bows that down heavy upon us. But then look what happens in verse 13. It says, when those people's hearts were bowed down like that and there was nobody to help, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. Oftentimes, the setbacks and the difficulties that we face in life are God's remedial means to turn us to himself. He's not just doing it because he has ultimate power and can punish people and just, you know, not even be held accountable for his actions. He's doing it because he loves us. And he is trying to put us into the place where we get down to the lowest spot because when we get to the lowest spot, there's nowhere else to go. 
We can't fall. We can't do anything. We're down low. All we can do is look up. And that's what these people did. They cried to the Lord in their trouble and God in his mercy delivered them from their distress. That can be you, dear listener. Rather than complaining and finding fault with God about the things in your life, ask, your, ask yourself the question, have I made choices that have brought me to this place? And be honest with yourself because if we're not gonna be honest with ourselves, we're gonna continue to go around in circles and we're gonna blame everybody else for things that only we can change. And what we need to change is our mind and our heart toward God and his law. We need to repent of our sins and put our faith and trust in him. And oftentimes those terrible setbacks in life, the squeeze that is put upon us is the very thing that helps us to turn and look up to God and cry out to him and say, I am in trouble, God help me. I've done that many times in my life before I was a Christian. And thank God that that did happen because it did draw me to him. It wasn't pleasant while it was happening, but I know God had something for me. I know he was trying to get a hold of me. And I don't look at it and think, oh, what a terrible person he was. What a terrible father, heavenly father. Yeah, right. I didn't think that. I'm thankful that he's done those things because otherwise I probably wouldn't have listened. And so after they cry out to him, it says that he brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. This was what was said in the beginning. They were in darkness. They were in the shadow of death. They were prisoners in affliction and in iron. But when they repent, turn toward God and cry out to him, he brings them out of darkness, out from under the shadow of death and burst the bonds where they were in bondage. And here is what we need to hear. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Are you thankful? for how God has delivered you when you've cried out unto him. And if so, will you continue to serve him and to be his disciple? Or will you get yourself found in this, this kind of a predicament and trouble again, only to then cry out on, uh, to God again and again when God wants to make you steadfast in truth and righteousness and love and holiness? And he says, thank him for his steadfast love, his mercy towards people, towards you, towards me. For he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. Dear listener, if you find yourself stuck, own up to what your part in the matter is. Say, that's me. I did this. I got myself into this place. And God, forgive me. And I want you to cry out to him with a full and an honest heart and see if God does not take you out from under the shadow of death, deliver you and break the bars of iron and set you free. Your next step is to call 570-362-7782. I'd love to talk with you over the phone. If you're local, we could go get a coffee somewhere. Visit godsresistance.com. Also go to YouTube and type in God's Resistance Press for more. And if you're local, every Thursday at the Abide Coffee Shop, we have a Bible study at 6.30 p.m. and we would love to see you there. <laughs>